This episode of Bookmarked is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The world is dying. We'll never stop. But we won't stop them. I did what I thought was right. Thomas, you can save your friends, or you can save us all. You're listening to Bookmarked, the Young Adult Book Podcast brought to you by Bookstacked.com. This is episode 24, and in episode 24, we're talking the final Maze Runner movie. We've got that coming up in just a few minutes, so stay with us. Alright, so today we are talking The Death Cure. Um, the movie's out, we have seen it, and we've got a pretty small panel this time around, um, as opposed to like the last episode, for example, where we had, I don't remember, six or seven people. <laughs> um, we have, okay, well I guess, yeah, let's just start with introductions. My name is Saul, and then we have Christy. Hey guys. And Michael. Hi. All right, so we're just going to dive straight into our thoughts on the movie. Um, obviously, this is the last Maze Runner movie. So if you haven't seen it yet, um, there are going to be spoilers in this episode. We're not holding back. Um, and there probably will also be spoilers for the books. So if you're planning on reading the books, um, maybe read those before you come and listen. Or if you just don't care, because I don't think Michael's read them. No, I haven't read them. Right. I'm so, I mean, if you just don't care, <laughs> you can listen anyway. So, um, but yeah, let's just start with quick thoughts on the film. Like, overall, did you guys like the movie? I did. Yeah. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I was the same. I, I just, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, like you said, I've not read the books. So, I was just kind of going into it to enjoy a film rather than think about it as an adaptation. And I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Right. I liked it too. I thought it was I thought it was good. Um in my review that I wrote for the site, I did talk about how I wished it had like more substance to yeah. it, sort of more meaning. Um because this was definitely an action film, like in every sense of the word. It was like I don't know. At some points it felt like Mission Impossible or James Bond with some of the crazy stunts that they were pulling. Yeah. I but know. That- I felt like it was like a heist movie when they kept trying to Uh, rescue Minho I was like oh my gosh you know right and I really like heist movies and stuff I mean the first scene for example was really exciting and I think is that the scene where Dylan O'Brien got injured when they were filming the train stuff I'm not yeah I don't know I was wondering through the whole film like I was trying to figure out where there was big stunts that that could possibly have happened so 
possibly. I think it might have been there, but I'm not 100% sure. Um, but just from the get-go, it's very exciting, and it never really lets up. Like, <laughs> it's constant action through the entire thing. Like, there's very little breathing room, because they're going from the train, right? And that's exciting. And then there's, like, a little bit of a breather, and then they're in the tunnel with the cranks, and then they're going into the city. It's just, like... It's just this nonstop roller coaster, which in a lot of ways was was a lot of fun. So yeah, I thought it was a fun movie. Maybe we can start with what we what we liked from it then. So I mean, for me, I thought the action, all the action, was a lot of fun. But what other things really stuck out to you guys in terms of, or that was really good? Let's see. I liked that. Um, I actually liked Minho's um, plot in it because I know they were all together in the books. But I kind of liked that he was separate and they were trying to rescue him. So I liked that about it. And I liked the way that Newt's death was portrayed in this. Like just the ending mainly, the letter, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. But <laughs> yeah, those were the two major changes that I liked. Yeah. One of the things that I kind of didn't really get a like about the Scorch Trials was that there didn't seem to be any kind of like reason for anything happening they were just going from one place to the next to the next but i liked in this that there was that constant they were trying to save minho so there was all these action scenes that kind of felt connected like there was a reason for them going from this place to the next like as compared to the last one and that's one of the things with the scorch trials um it's been a while since i read the book and even seen the movie but if i remember correctly in the book they are put out into the scorch or that desert wasteland basically as like a test by Wicked. And they're supposed to make it to the end point and like survive. And that's one of the phases of their trials that they're running. Um, but in the movie, it seems like, if I remember correctly, they escape Wicked and then they're just trekking across yeah. the wasteland and they get caught in the end, or at least Minho does. Yeah. So that was one of the big things with the book so i think i get why that doesn't make sense completely <laughs> at least yeah. in the scorch trials movie because that the whole purpose of why they were even there is completely taken out um yeah it feels because... like they didn't have an objective in the second film they just they broke out of this building and then it was just like trying to survive to the convenient end point right um in the book the scorch trials book isn't it like at the end where Brenda gets revealed that she's working for Wicked or is that in the death cure? Okay. So I think that's in the beginning of the death cure. Okay. Um, okay. I reread the death remember. cure. Yeah. I reread the death cure the other day. I already forgot most of it, <laughs> <laughs> but I read so many like summaries and stuff about the book because I wrote this really long post if you're listening and you want and you're really interested in all the differences between the book and the movie i wrote a post and it's on book stacked um just listing the differences and so i read a lot of summaries and stuff and if i remember correctly at the very beginning of death cure it's revealed that brenda was working for wicked um i think it's there's this whole plot in the book that's not in the movie where they do have the chips in the movie they're all like implanted with the chip you know, in the back mm -hmm. of their neck. That's yeah. in the book. But in the book, that thing is also used to, like, mind control them or something. Oh, yes, yes. I remember that now. And yeah. there's, like, there's, like, all sorts of surgeries going on in that book. And at one <laughs> yeah. point, in the beginning, they're going to, like, get their memories back. They're going to, like, force 
Jansen's oh, gonna yeah. give him their memories. Mm -hmm. And so Thomas goes in to get his memories, and that's where he sees Brenda. And she's like, Oh yeah, I'm working for Wicked, but I hate them. So I'm gonna help you get out. Um, which we know later on, which was something else that wasn't in the movie, and I guess we can talk about later as well. Um, that whole plot line of is Brenda working for Wicked or not is also very absent from the movie. But I will have to say, going back to Minho, that was a change that I actually liked as well. Because just because of the sheer fact that it gave the story focus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the Death Cure book, even rereading it this last week, I was just, I'm not a huge fan <laughs> of the book. Um, I'm not to put anyone down who likes it. If you like it, that's awesome. But like for me, it's all over the place and they're not, they don't really have a clear objective. It's just like going from point A to point B to point C. It's like, oh, let's go to Denver. Let's go to, let's get your chips taken out by this wicked engineer or something who is also isn't in the movie. Let's, and then they get like captured by the right arm and they're just kind of like going, being just tossed to and fro, I guess. I don't know what the right word is, but it just, it lacks focus and the characters don't really have like this big objective. And I really liked that there was this one big objective, this one mission that they wanted and that was saving Minho. So obviously a massive change from the book, but in my opinion, it, it made the story better. Yes, I agree. Um, and you had mentioned, I mean, we can just go ahead and talk about Newt right now, because that mm -hmm. was another one of the big changes. And you liked the change from, I think, the letter specifically, or also was yes. it his death or yeah. everything? Just because I know Thomas is the one that, like, if I remember, he's the one that shoots him, right? Yes. In the books. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I kind of, <laughs> during the fight scene, I kind of thought, it was Thomas too, but then I realized, oh wait, Newt had the knife, so it was on. It was him. I don't know. I liked it, right? Just the way it was portrayed. But yes, I loved the letter because it was a little bit more, I guess, closure for Thomas than I thought the book was. So that's why I liked it. That's true. I guess to explain, because Michael probably has no idea. <laughs> 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 in the book, early on in the story, Newt gives. Thomas a note after he finds out that he's he has the flair and the note says something like if you were ever my friend then kill me mm -hmm. so it's pretty dark and morbid <laughs> and then of course Thomas does he shoots him in the head and yeah it was very different from in the movie where uh, Newt is with them the entire time and then it reaches a point where the flair has completely taken him over and he attacks Thomas so I really liked that Newt was around the whole time yeah. in the show or in the movie because that was another complaint I have with the book is Newt is just very passive in the book. He doesn't do anything because he has the flair and they leave him behind. Mm -hmm. So he's just very absent the whole time. Whereas here he's busy and he's contributing and he's like encouraging Thomas and he's helping break Minho out. But I like the part where Thomas kills him. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> Because it's just so tragic. And for me, like, that's a moment for Thomas, I guess. I don't know. For me, it's, like, kind of a moment of growth for Thomas in the book. Yeah. Um, and he's he's robbed of that in the movie since it's just, like, an accidental stabbing, self-stabbing. So that, that was one thing I would have liked. The letter was nice, too. <laughs> it was a lot nicer. I know. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Um, so that was, I mean, and the way they presented that and everything, I like that too. I agree. I think that gives him a lot more closure. So, 
I mean, what was going through your mind through the whole Newt sequence, Michael? Did, did you see that as something that was coming? Because that's one of the major deaths in the story. Yeah, as it was happening, I kind of, because there had been a couple of deaths already, I kind of expected that they would eventually like be able to save him, like they would be there just in time. So as the fight was happening, I was expecting uh, Brenda would show up like, just in the nick of time. So when he did, uh, like they revealed the knife, I was kind of surprised that that was happening. But other than that, I thought it was just a dramatic, exciting scene. Right. I have to say that I think they did a pretty good job with the suspense in that scene, though, because even though I expected Newt to die, there was a moment where I thought, are they going to save Newt? Because yes. Brenda does get really close, right? Yeah. Um, with the antidote or whatever it was exactly to calm down the flare virus. And like, maybe that was partially too, just because I know they've changed these movies so much. And I thought maybe they were going to let Newt survive. But yeah, um, I thought the suspense was really good. And for a moment, even though I knew Newt was going to die, I thought maybe they were going to save him. So Yeah, so did I. So did I. <laughs> <clears throat> Would it have been better if he had been saved? Had he if he had made it to the end? I don't know. I've been. I thought about that as like as soon as I got out of the movies. I'm like I because I really did think they were gonna change it, but I don't know. I feel like Thomas would be a different person if he didn't die. Like I don't know if he would have gone. To well, I don't think he would have gone to Teresa if Newt didn't die. That's a good point. That's I think point. he would have just escaped with them, but mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know. One of the interesting things about that whole plot line, though, the way they set it up, and again, not in the book because Minho's not being held captive at all by Wicked in the book. He's he's with them the entire time. The whole objective is to go and save a friend and then they get to the end and Thomas still loses a friend. Yes. It's like they just swapped <laughs> which yeah. one uh, took the place. And so that was kind of one of those things where in the very beginning of the movie, the right arm is like, hey, we've got the ship. Let's go to paradise or this island and live the rest of our days. Right. Um, and I almost thought like if Thomas had just gone in that moment with them early on in the film, would there have been much difference? Like, it would have just been Newt and Minho who had, yeah. who had been swapped out. The one thing is, um, I guess Wicked would have maybe survived, but at the same time, I'm not so sure because that whole crank army that was like outside of the wall seemed to be pretty uh, independent of Thomas, actually. Like, they were going to attack Wicked no matter what. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was there anything else you guys really liked that stuck out to you in the movie? That bus scene. The I bus thought, scene? <laughs> the bus scene, yeah. I thought that was absolutely amazing. Not was in it? the book at all. Not in the book yeah. at all. Uh, no, yeah, that was, like, insane. And for a moment, I was like, is this a video game? Like, this seems <laughs> like something, again, like, out of Lara Croft or, I don't know, Halo even. Just, like, crazy it was exciting. And I have to say my theater, I had a pretty full theater when I saw it. And the audience, I think, reacted to that scene more than anything else. At the end of it, everyone was just like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> I think in a, I think it was a good reaction. I think everybody was just like let out a sigh of relief. Definitely, there was a lot of tension and suspense there. It was, it was very well done. 
I was kind of the opposite. When I was watching it, it was just me and one other guy. Oh, really? <laughs> Middle-aged, like older guy, sitting halfway down the row from me. Like, I was I was trying to like keep my cool, but like I really wanted to be on the edge of my seat, getting really excited about it. Right. This, this guy was just kind of like sitting casually, you know, not doing much, just kind of ranging back watching it. You weren't able to observe his face to see if he was responding well to the bus scene. <laughs> Not seeing this, you what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, that's funny. But yeah, that was that was an intense scene, and it was again like like I said, honestly, all of the action is really well done in this movie. That is probably one of the strong points of this movie. And I think I read Entertainment Weekly's review, and they said something like their tat their headline was like the Death Cure is a B movie with an A plus effects budget or something like that and i have to agree like it looked great too the city itself um very futuristic very cool looking i mean in a lot of ways it's very cliche but i mean that that's fine that's not necessarily like a huge deal it it looked great and i think it was one of the better looking why movie adaptations that we've seen recently in my opinion Mm -hmm. yeah i agree with that I really like, I don't know why, I thought it was hilarious, but James Dashner's cameo. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. Okay, thanks for I don't know why I found it so funny. Just <laughs> They're doing this really dramatic scene, and the way it's filmed, it's like you can kind of see him blurred in the background. And then it just focuses on him for a couple of seconds, and then it goes away again. Right. Yeah. Well, see, I didn't notice him there until it focused on him. Were you able to figure out that it was him before they actually no, focused on no, him? No, just, it was just when it focused on him, I was like, oh, so that's that's the guy who's been sitting in the background. Right. <laughs> like, these other, the other two people that were there, it seemed like a pretty important meeting. Uh-huh. That everyone was going to have their say, but he was just kind of sitting at the side. It's thing. true too. He was looking so serious in that moment. He's like, I, I mean, if I remember correctly, he's got his legs crossed and he's just like looking very menacingly, like at the scene. Which is funny because he himself is actually very, he's very a uh, happy kind of funny guy. Yeah. I've seen him at um, where was it? Y'all West this last year, and he was there with Lee Bardugo, and they were just cracking jokes and everything. So seeing him in that setting, (laughs) like you said, it was just very funny and very interesting. And it's just totally for the fans. One of those things that anyone else who was watching the movie wouldn't catch at all. But yeah, Mm -hmm. that was pretty good. Yeah. And definitely not uncommon. I Honestly, I think that's one of the less awkward. I mean, it is funny because we know who he is, but I think that was one of the less awkward author cameos that's in yeah. Yeah. a movie. Because like Stephanie Meyer, isn't she like in a in a bar or something in Twilight at one point? And the the restaurant or the diner, like on her laptop. And she's at the wedding too. I remember in Breaking Dawn. And I don't know why it just always felt kind of weird to me seeing her there. And I'm trying to think of other author cami. Oh, Veronica Roth is in mm-hmm. Divergent. Yeah, yeah, she was. What was she? What was hers though? I can't remember. I think she's like a member of Dauntless, and yeah. it's like the zipline scene. Oh yeah. yes. When they when they first like burst out the door at the top of the building, like she's mm-hmm. the first one that runs out. Yeah. Yes. But this one was a lot more subtle, honestly, because like I said, if you unless you knew what James Dashner looked like, you wouldn't think a second about about that cameo at all. Like you wouldn't give us a, you wouldn't give it a second thought. So 
yeah, that was a good. <laughs> thanks for <laughs> thanks for reminding me of that. That was a good little moment in the movie. We just want to take a quick break to let you know that Audible is offering a free audiobook to the listeners of this podcast. You can get your audiobook when you register for a free 30-day trial and check out their service. Now, I've been using Audible for years, and it makes tackling that TBR list so much easier. They have over 180,000 titles for you to choose from, including some of today's biggest books like The Hate You Give by Angie Thomas and Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. So to download your free audiobook, go to audibletrial.com bookstacked. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash bookstacked for your free audiobook. Um, okay, were there things that could have been better? I mean, for me, the big thing, and I talked about this in the review, is I felt like it lacked substance and like meaning. And the books don't necessarily have a ton <laughs> to begin with, at least in my opinion. But there's one thing that the book does death cure does very well and it's the whole playing on the wicked is good thing um and this is one of the major changes from the book to movie in the book they get to the paradise and then there's an epilogue afterwards and it's written in the voice of chancellor page ava page in the movie um tammy one um and she basically in the epilogue talks about how they sent Brenda and Jorge out to sort of lead the immunes and Thomas and all of his friends and everybody else who is immune. They send they're, they're trying to lead them to paradise where they can, I guess, start humanity, a new human civilization just among the immunes. And if that's Ava Page's ultimate argument of why Wicked is actually good. Um, and so she kind of, the book ends with another big change that I'm sure people are, I don't, I wonder, some people might have been upset about the very last scene of the book is Thomas and Brenda like kissing mm-hmm. while they're in paradise. Yeah. And they're just like, Brenda seems to know something. Like she kind of lets on, like this was all planned. And Thomas is like, what? And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. And then they just kiss and like it <laughs> fades to black. And then you get the epilogue and it's like, oh, Brenda was actually working for Wicked the entire time. The, from the very beginning and she was leading them to paradise that's not in the movie at all and so i feel like that moral ambiguity that existed between wicked like is wicked actually good or is it bad is totally lost in the movie because at least in the movie they're just very black and white they're very just evil mm-hmm. just straight from the get-go i don't know what you guys thought about that i, I just went on like a really long ramble <laughs> trying to explain all that but I don't know. What were your thoughts on that? Because that, for me, that was one of the things that could have been better to keep that that ambiguity in the movie. Yeah, I definitely wish they would have kept that because then it would have been more, I don't know. Because, yeah, like you said, I just think as, in the movies, I just think as wicked as evil. But in the books, it was like, oh, wow. So she was they were actually knew about the government doing the flare and all that. So they were trying to stop it. Like, I don't know. It would have added more to the story. So I agree with what you said. And that was another thing that I forgot that you just mentioned. The flare was created by the government. That's another mm-hmm. thing you learn in the epilogue yes. for population control. <laughs> and then it gets out of hand. So Wicked, they're the good guys trying to save the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, so like, Michael, like, what's your take on Wicked? Just having only seen the movies. Well, 
everything about it's just changed. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, I, I feel as if in the movie it's kind of easier to just make it look black and white so that it's kind of like easy to follow plot, like easy to understand. Like these are the bad guys. We need to beat the bad guys and then the movie's over. So I kind of, if it had added in like an epilogue to the movie, kind of like changing everything that we've just seen, I don't know if that would have been like one twist too much, almost. Like you'd have to reevaluate everything that you've just kind of watched for two and a half hours, you know? Yeah. That's true. I feel like, I mean, that's true. It, the, the, that's one of the things I like is how the movie is simplified. Like I said, I feel like the book is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is one thing I wish, this is one twist I wish they would have left in. I think it would have just added more to the whole overall message of the story. And it's like, you know, maybe people have these, you know, these seemingly bad intentions and maybe they're going at it all wrong, but you know, or I'm not even making any sense. It's too early in the morning. <laughs> maybe people are going at it all wrong, but maybe they have good intentions behind their actions, if yeah. that makes sense at all. At least, at least I think that's the question that James Dashner was raising in the Maze Runner. Um, that's just completely lost in the in the movie. And I get like that was one of the things is when you get to that whole paradise scene and everything's all good and uh, Thomas is looking off over into the distance, you know, it's just kind of like, well, that was fun, but what was the point? <laughs> like, yeah. what, what did he learn exactly? You know, yeah. that's kind of one of the things like you, what you just said there, like, what did he learn? Kind of, I'm not sure if there was any real character development in Thomas, like from the very beginning of the series, almost. Uh, I rewatched the first one again today. It kind of made me think that when I read the first book. That was the main issue I had. Like Thomas, like just started off like perfect. He was the best at everything. So kind of in that last scene when he's looking off, it's like, what what really like happened? Like where was the progression? You know, so maybe it would have been if there had been sort of a moral ambiguity, questions raised, it would have gave it more of a kind of emotional resonance almost. Thomas at the beginning is the same Thomas at the end, which, and honestly, like, it's not a bad movie. I don't think it's a bad movie. And it's like being destroyed by critics. If you go and you read the the reviews, I don't know if people do that. I read, I love reading movie reviews and stuff. People are just like destroying it. And, but I feel like if it had had that character growth, maybe it would have been enough to get people to enjoy the movie for what it was. I don't know. I'm talking about non-fans because I think fans of the books and movies are going to like the movie no matter what. And, and and again, it's a good movie. I mean, we have seen really bad book adaptations <laughs> and we have talked about them at length on this show. And this isn't one of them. This is like a fun, this is, it's a good time if you're going to the movies. Like this is, it's not a bad film. Um, but I just feel like any sense of theme or message meaning could have really added a lot to this movie. So it's kind of a shame, in my opinion. Yeah, I really, I hate, like, I hated that they kind of just ended the movie with Thomas holding the cure in his hands. Like, yeah, okay, so what now? Like, what was, like, yeah, I just didn't like that. Yeah, just wait for everybody to, everybody else to die off and then (laughs) living. 
they're living on their island and they're not allowed to go into the ocean and then it becomes Moana or something. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To make another reference to another like YA film, did anybody get like Allegiant vibes in certain mm -hmm. parts of this? <laughs> like with <Yes>. the wall? <laughs> yes. I kept like, it kept popping in my mind while I was watching it. And I was like, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, I kept thinking about it. It's almost like the, I mean, the whole storyline with Denver and the cranks, the, the flare taking over Denver is in the book, but this felt a lot more intense. And I just, yeah, that was going through my mind too, as I was watching the film. I'm like, I think this is what Allegiant was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the writers or Wes Ball or whoever they were like, um, Allegiant wasn't very good, so <laughs> let's let's just uh, give the Allegiant fans what they wanted. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, because That's it's funny. city at war, you know, with like mm. the cranks or the factionless who are being kept out, like coming into the city and taking oh what's gosh. theirs and everything. Yeah. yeah, remember there was one shot in particular as well where it kind of like panned out and you got like a whole view. Of the city with a wall around it, it reminded me like I think we've done that a lot in the Divergent films where they would like pan out and you would see the the wall. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. And because it was like the kind of like futuristic city scene, it's kind of felt a lot like those movies. Right. Well, there was another point too. I don't want to get too political, but <laughs> like one of the characters says something like the wall protects us. And I don't know, like all this stuff. And I just thought like Donald Trump, like, <laughs> oh my God, that is what came to my mind. I didn't mind. notice that, but yeah, I'll let you point it out. <laughs> I was like, is, is uh, President Trump watching this this weekend? And I wonder if he's, he's going to give it like two thumbs up. Actually, but the wall gets destroyed in the end. So I don't know if you yeah. would like that part. Um, <laughs> uh, another thing though is Lawrence in the movie now Lawrence is the one who looks like Voldemort mm -hmm. <laughs> he doesn't have a nose in the book he's got like the smallest role ever he's just like he captures them at one point and takes them to Vince part of the right arm again another thing too is they're not part of the right arm like Golly in the movie oh, yeah, yeah. they're just like some fringe rebel group of cranks but in the book, they're all the right arm and they're trying to take down Wicked. Um, yeah, I didn't... After I got out of the movies, I'm like, I do not remember him in the books at all. And then I read your piece on or the book to movie changes on Book Sacked and I was like, oh, so he was in the books. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, he, I don't... At least I don't remember. I, I could have been... When I was rereading it earlier this week, I was listening to the audiobook and I had it on double speed. So oh <laughs> I <gosh>. could have. <laughs> that was a busy week. So I was like, I got to I don't remember him being like demented like yeah. or deformed in the book. Um, and for sure, he plays a very small role. He's just like kind of a chauffeur for the right arm. And he doesn't have a huge role in the book at all, but in the movie, he is totally like the rebel leader and he like kills himself in this amazing blast of glory to take down the wall. It's, it's very intense. He's an intense character in the movie and I actually kind of liked him. I, I thought yeah. he was a good addition. Yeah, I liked him too. Um, one of the things I wish this movie would have done was have a bit more humor. Like, I don't know if anyone else thought that. The only real source was Golly. 
or Galley. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. Because I think his name is short for Galileo. So it's probably Galley. But he, for the most part, like they tried to make jokes. And then my audience just kind of like laughed very awkwardly. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that was kind of like how it was in my theater also. <laughs> yeah. So, because we were like, okay, you know. I kind right. of remember, did the previous films, were they kind of funny? No. I think the first one had humor, in, a lot of humor in it, right? The very first trailer for the movie? No, the ma- the first movie, The Maze Runner. Oh, the first, it's been a while since I saw it, but I remember, I think it did, and I think people generally liked it when I went and saw it. In the- I remember going to The Maze Runner opening night, and the theater was completely packed. Um, at least here. I'm in a college town, so I don't know. I think they fill up pretty quickly. Um, it was pretty packed, and everyone seemed to have a good time. Like, in my opinion, The Maze Runner, the first movie, is a solid movie. I like it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. not amazing or anything, but just, like, I really enjoy it. I've seen it a few times now. So. Yeah. But this one was just, like, there was so much sadness and darkness going on. I would have liked a little bit of, I don't know, humor and there didn't seem to be any except for there were a couple of temps with galley and for some reason they didn't quite land it was like they were almost there but they weren't quite there like there's the line where minho says something like didn't i put a spear through you and mm-hmm. then galley's like oh well no one's perfect <laughs> or something like that and everybody just kind of like awkwardly laughed <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like when you're at the dinner table and somebody's telling a joke but it's not a good joke but you still, like, <laughs> have to laugh <laughs> Just, just to be nice. I don't know. So it was kind of interesting in that aspect. But um, I did want to ask, like, of the three movies, which one was your guys' favorite? Say the first one. Yeah. My favorite. Yeah. I, I would maybe say this one, just kind of because I, I didn't go into it knowing anything to expect, you know. Yeah. And just I enjoyed the, just action packed, you know. Yeah. Aspect of this one. I might have to agree with Christy. I think my favorite one is Maze Runner, the first one. But um, I think Death Cure is my second. Uh, Scorch Trials was just like, <laughs> I mean, like we said earlier, it's just kind of like they're wandering. Pretty much the whole movie. <laughs> right. So, and then it gets a little action-packed toward the end. I mean, I guess it's action-packed throughout the whole thing. I mean, the Cranks, for example, again, rereading the book, they're crazy but they don't strike me as World War Z zombies. Yeah. Which is what you see in this, yes. in uh, in the movie. So, but yeah, I think the first one was my favorite. And I know James Dashner mentioned that too. I think for him, the he tweeted out that the very first movie was his favorite. And the first movie, while I think it was very, it had a lot of differences from the book, it probably stuck to the book the most out of yeah. all of them. And I think I could even say the same with the book. I think, um, what is it? Maze Runner is my favorite book of the three as well. And Death Cure is probably my second. And I guess I have to say, I'm so glad that I don't know who makes these decisions, if it's Fox or West Ball, but I'm so glad they didn't split it into two movies. Oh my gosh, yes. I was was thinking that a lot as well. Can't remember (laughs) any book series that has been the same amount of movie adaptations to books. Because Harry Potter had the split. Twilight was split. Hunger Games was split. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happens with Divergent. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's yeah. dead. May it rest yeah. in peace. <laughs> we don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just... And okay, so that, that kind of brings me to another point, though. And I wanted... 
I read the review from David Sims at The Atlantic, and he writes, he didn't like the movie. I'm just going to say that from the get-go. <laughs> um, but he ends it on like this kind of sad note that I think we've kind of talked about here in the show before. But I'm just going to go ahead and read it. And he ends his review of the Death Cure by saying, some of the Death Cure's set pieces, including a subterranean chase scene with a group of zombies and an extended heist that takes place on a moving train, stand out amid the chaos. Um, kind of like what we said. We love the action, right? <laughs> um, but then he says, and yet as the final act succumbed to dull apocalyptic formula, I saw an entire subgenre slip away with it. The Death Cure is a grim, half-hearted farewell to this wave of young adult dystopias. And I was thinking about it and I'm like, you know, they're really, I'm not aware of any others that are coming out except for um, The Darkest Minds by Alex Bracken. I'm pretty sure that's still being turned into a movie. Yeah, um, I guess this year that comes out. Yeah, but for the most part, when it comes to YA dystopias, at least, I think this is it. I, at least as far as movies go. I don't know. If, I mean, what else is there? I don't think there is anything. No, I was thinking that as well. Like, kind of, because I enjoyed it so much, it was kind of making me miss. So I like that <laughs> yeah. original kind of dystopian way. But yeah, other than Darkest Minds, I can't really think of anything. It just seems to be that YA book to movie adaptations are, I mean, we don't have a massive franchise. And we've talked about that to look forward to. You know, for a while we had Harry Potter and then there was The Twilight and then Divergent was writing, was doing pretty well for a while until it lost steam. And Red Queen, just who knows. <laughs> um, <laughs> Still don't know anything about that. Yeah, I just, in my opinion, it's in development hell. Like, it's nothing's going to happen there. But yeah, there's like no big franchise right now. And I think that's kind of what um, David Sims and his review is saying, like this, this was the end of it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I don't want to say that that means there could never be another one because um, there very well could be, you know, maybe this year we're going to get that big breakout franchise book series that we've, we haven't had in a while, but um, we haven't seen any for a long time. And it seems to be that currently the big YA movies that are coming out are more of like contemporary adaptations, like Love, Simon. Mm -hmm. um, that's supposed to be a big one, which is based off of um, Simon versus the Homo sapiens agenda. Did I say that right? Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, like that one's supposed to be really big. And I think The Hate You Give is being turned into a movie as well. Yeah. And that's going to have a lot of hype around it probably as well, especially with its political relevancy and all of that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. sad. I think the only ones I can think of are YA contemporaries too, because I know like To All the Boys I've Loved Before is being made into a movie. And then, yeah, the ones you mentioned. So yeah, it's sad. Yeah, there was just this, there was this moment like around Twilight and The Hunger Games where movie studios were just trying to like pick up rights to these movies as quickly as they could and turn them into films and maze runner was among those like it was sold you know way back when and development began for it when the hunger games was still like at its height you know like honestly i don't know if a maze runner i don't know and if anyone would pick up like the maze runner like a movie studio would opt it for a movie in 2018 you know yeah um, it's just so it's kind of sad <laughs> Yeah. Don't mean to leave everything on a somber note, but <laughs> <laughs> I 
I guess my thing is I'm just like, I really want that. And I've said it before. I really want that blockbuster series, you know, maybe people don't care about that, but for me, it's always a lot of fun. And like, there's always a community that springs up around them and the maze runner is kind of the end of it. And it's at least for now, hopefully in the future, but um, in the meantime, at least we have game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) It's not a YA, but I'm I'm obsessed with that TV show. What was that? I'm so far behind in Game of Thrones, I think I'm, I haven't watched it really since season four, I think. Oh, I watched the entire thing for the first time a few weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm i really bad when it comes to television. Like, I just binge watch things. I think last <laughs> week I watched all of Breaking Bad for the first time. <laughs> but yeah, also, that's another thing, though. I mean, great act. You have some really strong actors in the Death Cure from like Game yes. of Thrones and Breaking Bad even. There's one thing about Jansen is he's very much Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. I don't know if you guys, I guess Michael's seen it. Have you seen Game of Thrones, Christy? Um, a little bit. Right. <laughs> like I catch episodes here and there. Like I watched a little bit of last season. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I know who you're talking about. Right. I mean, he, he kind of plays the same character and, and he's kind of got like the same, I don't know, he doesn't even really try to change his voice. For... I feel like he always plays that kind of character too, that actor. That's the only thing I know him from. Is yeah. he in oh, really? Um, I forgot what else he was in. He was in something else, though. He was, that in, I saw one recently. The, he was in one of the Batman movies, one of the recent ones. They oh, put a kind of minor role in one of those. Uh, was it the Justice League one? No, no, I think it was The Dark Knight Rises. Was it the last one? Oh, he's in there? One of them. Yeah, but I think it's like it's a really quite a small role like, at the yeah. start of one of them. I like that movie. I'm going to have to go back and watch it. <laughs> um, but he's in it. And then you also have, I mean, I can't remember his name right now, but the guy who plays Jorge is Gustavo Fring in Breaking Bad. I don't know if you guys saw that either. But yeah, just like you have some solid actors. And then Tammy won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know what else to call her. The, I um, know. the lady who plays Ava Page. In, um, and she's also one of Ron Swanson's wives. Um, not he doesn't have multiple wives at once one of his ex-wives um in oh my gosh i just lost it parks and recreation parks and rec and even newt is in game of thrones oh he is yeah um and then that girl also right which girl the one with dreads oh yes she plays um daenerys's like uh advisor or something i forgot about that too that's another good catch yeah (laughs) just really good actors and i think all around this was a great cast in general like there seemed to be a lot of chemistry between them yeah um, i think that's why like i loved it so much just because they played their characters so well and they got along so great you could see that on screen and so like one of the reasons why i love the book so much is because of that and then yeah so i love the films because of that also Mm-hmm. Now I'm sad again. That is <laughs> I was trying to put it. I was trying to bring it to like a. a, a I know. Note. I know. <laughs> um, I'm sure they'll all be friends forever. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what, that is one of the things, though. Because like, if you look at their Instagrams and their Twitters and stuff, and I don't necessarily follow them, but they come up anyway in my newsfeed. <laughs> um, and they're always together, and they're always having a good time, and they're 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 clearly good friends off camera. And yeah, I agree. That just adds so much chemistry on camera. So mm-hmm. all around a great cast for a movie, like especially why, as YA books go, probably one of the best, I think. 
still Uh-oh. didn't like Teresa though. <laughs> still don't like Teresa. <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, I don't want to like. It is interesting though that because in the end of the books he gets with Brenda, mm-hmm. um, but here he ends up with. I mean, he doesn't end up with Teresa, but they have that kiss. <laughs> yeah, that, I felt like that was just kind of, I don't know. I guess I got it. Maybe it's just because I don't like her character. I'm like, why did we need to put that? But then I get it also because it's like, oh, they're going to die. I'm sure there were some fans who really were happy about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm positive there are, yeah. <laughs> but an interesting change for sure. We didn't talk about it much. Maybe that's one of like the big changes that fans are like really talk like upset about or happy about i don't know um but yeah that's a good thing to point out too overall i think we liked the movie i think we we think it it was a fun movie it was a good time i was about to say go see it if you haven't but if you haven't seen it i don't know why you're listening to this (laughs) (laughs) but overall a good movie in my opinion could have been better but still not bad and especially considering awful films like um Allegiant. <laughs> and <laughs> even the Faith right, Fifth Wave was kind of lacking a lot too, I thought. Um, this was definitely better. So, yeah. I forgot about the Fifth Wave. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everybody forgot about the Fifth Wave when the movie yeah. came out. Ended, although I think he's writing more. Um, yes. I think he is too. Yeah. And, and yet we all just kind of moved on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right well thank you everybody for listening um to the show today we will be back hopefully soon until then see ya bye bye